Bezrat Hashem, I wanted to record a very, very critical piece of Torah <coughs> from the Lashem. Sefer Klalim, Klal Yad Chet, Anaf Chet, Ot Yad Aleph. Vini Alder Zegiver Lanagam Kindi Rab Shart Salam Perk Beit, Shamar Akavana Bam Rav Zal, Eim Ben David Ba Achi Kal Kal Hashem Shavagruf, that there's a statement from the rabbis that Messiah is not coming until all of the bodies have come forth, sorry, until all of the souls have come forth from the body. There's many different levels of meaning of what that means. What is the body? And the Arizal says, <clears throat> in one place that this means this is talking about fixing up what's called the tselem the image the image projection which is the garment of the soul the garment of the soul meaning this we know that the neshama, the deep pure soul of a person, is totally pure, as well as the ruach. It needs absolutely no fixing or perfection. As the Rav says in Zorakiah, that a person is made of a form and a substance. The form being the soul and the substance being the body. And the soul, the form, needs no fixing. It's perfect in its nature and is unblemishable. That there is one aspect, though, of the form, the soul of a person that needs fixing, and that's in its externality. This externality of the soul is that portion of the soul which partners with the physicality of a person. That part of a person's soul and light, which is interfacing with the physical part of himself. Only the tiniest edge of his soul is interfacing with his body. It's through this interface that the soul can dress up in the body and become one with the body. And this is the most external part of the soul. Now, even though this portion of the soul, this part of the soul which interfaces with the physical, is part and parcel of the person's soul, is part and parcel of his form. As this is what's called, so to speak, philosophically, the power of physicality or substance within form, because behold, in every upper power, there exists as well the power 
to manifest the, low, the next lower level. It's the transition point. It's where all the powers of an upper level are now ready to finally interface with and enliven a lower level. Now, extremely important point right now. It's just that, at first, this edge, so to speak, of the soul, this edge of the form, which is that most extreme lowest edge of form, which is what allows it to interface with the next lower level, which is like matter or substance, at first, it is so nullified to the overall structure of the light of the soul that it is unrecognizable. This immediately reminds me of what the rabbis tell us, that when Adam and Eve were created by God, Eve was created with Adam. They were created as one being. She was, she was formed, they were formed back to back, and she was just an extension of him. Which means that the concept of the feminine and the concept of the mother principle is that extremely critical principle that within form is the possibility that that form will be able to then give over to a new lower world, i.e. to produce children. So just as Adam and Eve were born as one being and they were indistinguishable, so too this power of form and light to enliven a lower level of substance, that power is subsumed at first within the light. Extremely, extremely amazing point that he's saying right here. What happens is, is that in the in the cataclysmic shattering of the vessels in the Olamatohu, which is a whole long discussion, but we know that at the beginning of the universal process, there was that there were so many potential energies ready to express themselves in so many potential vessels and objects, you might say, so many potential ways of expressing themselves through limited vessels. And at the very beginning of time, all of this shatters and breaks apart. And the accomplishment of that shattering, the productive good thing that comes from that shattering is that now this power of form to give over to substance is actually separated off by itself. Just as we know that when Adam and Eve were formed as one, back to back, and they were fused as one being, Hashem then puts Adam to sleep and surgically removes Eve from him so that she can become her own individual identity. Similarly here, at the beginning of time and space itself, there was, so to speak, a similar thing where just as Adam goes to sleep, his soul goes up and away, so too there's this shattering experience where all of the lights, so to speak, go to sleep, they go up and away, allowing for there to be a separation of these most extreme peripheral aspects of the light, which is their specific interface that allows them to eventually enclose in that concept of substance and material in a lower level. That had to be separated. That, that particular power within the upper lights, 
of interfacing with substance needed to be separated off by itself so that it could, it could achieve its own identity and not just be subsumed in the upper ethereal light of the higher levels. And now the Leshem gives us an unbelievably important, so critically important definition, and might be the most important definition in Torah wisdom that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not exaggerating. We hear all the time about, if you hear a little bit about Kabbalah or Hasidut, you hear this this critical idea of raising the holy sparks, that there are these holy sparks of godliness everywhere, and our job is to raise up these sparks. What in the heck are these sparks? The Leshem gives you the most precise definition I've ever seen, and it's the most, perhaps, therefore, critical definition I've ever seen, because our whole life is centered around raising these sparks. That is the bottom line denominator of what we're doing. So what are these sparks? We want to know what they are if this is defining our central role as a human race and as the Jewish people. So what are these sparks? And these sparks, they are the fallen powers uh, that broke off from the lights that are their fallen counterparts of those energies that were once included within light and form that is their ability to eventually enclose themselves in substance. All of the qualities of interface of interface energies interface energies these sparks are like interface energies all the particular energies of any particular soul power any particular godly energy which was separated at the beginning of time from its particular device that would allow it to enclose in substance and these devices these powers are what we call the sparks that these sparks at the beginning of time are cataclysmically separated in an explosion from their source of light and they're scattered all across time and space and it's our job to rescue those sparks, plug them back into their light source so that the light source can then flow back inside those sparks to enliven material and to express themselves in material. So for example, to make it extremely literal, all the souls of human, of human race that would ever exist throughout time, they were existing at the beginning of time. And in this cataclysmic shattering, they were separated from all the vessels of reality, the future substance of reality. When it becomes time for a person to be born in the future, what happens is their parents conceive them. Their parents conceive them through the act of conception and they pull out energy from food etc and there's a conception there's a sperm and an egg those are like the sparks because now that there's a conception there has been a rescuing and a and a activation of tiny spark-like materials that is going to then create a portal by which this soul can now be expressed in an embryo in an, an, a born body. So the spark is that which takes a soul, which is eternal and one with Hashem, and creates a portal that it can enclose in a body. Those are the sparks. Rescuing the spark, in this case, meant that the parents chose to have a child. 
that spark was rescued and now it's doing what it's supposed to do, which is to form a portal that this soul can now express itself. That's a literal, literal meaning of what we're talking about. Now, obviously we're not, you know, we, people might have two, three, four, five kids, you know, so we're raising sparks every minute. So we're obviously not conceiving children every minute, but we are in the sense that we are conceiving ourselves in the same way that in a very basic universal way, we rescue sparks by conceiving children. And that's a very fundamental aspect of raising the sparks. But there are minute by minute aspects of raising the sparks where we take the energy from the world around us and we create portals where new insights flow down through those portals. Instead of giving literally birth to a whole human being, but we're, con- but, hello, but we're constantly giving birth to new insights within ourselves. In other words, when a person is using the food that they've eaten to learn Torah and study in Torah, and they bring down a new insight into their minds through that energy, so they've conceived and brought forth a new ray of light of their soul. This is like a miniature birth. This is like a miniature conception and birth, giving birth to a new layer and depth of their own being. So they're giving birth to themselves, such that the Gemara says that when you teach your friend's child Torah, or you teach someone Torah, it's like you're giving birth to them. And that's literally what we're saying. Because these sparks, besides that they can, that they are literally what are involved in creating a portal to express a soul in a body in a birth, but the sparks are also that which continue to be used to draw down level after level of that soul because a person is born with an extremely low expression of the full content of their soul. When a baby is born, my favorite phrase, basically, they're just the tip of the iceberg of who they are. They're going to eventually become an adult. Well, becoming an adult is like a rebirth process every day. Well, what is it that opens up the portal that more and more percentage, so to speak, of the soul is pouring into the body, making it a bigger body and making it a smarter brain and making it a more moral, caring person, hopefully, is these sparks. So that's what we're saying. These sparks that we use to develop ourselves and develop other people. Yep. So that's the definition of the sparks. These these portions of light that... Were, cat, were, were exploded out across time and space at the beginning of time and the shattering of the vessels and the scattering of the sparks. They are, these, they are these energies of creating a portal to bring down even deeper levels of the eternal souls and to bring them back down in expression in the material world eventually. Yes. So that's a very beautiful definition of the holy sparks. You're right. Because we have three elements. We have light, spark, and vessel. And at the beginning of time, 
The lights, which are never hurt or damaged, fly up and away. And the sparks, which we just defined, fall down with those shattered vessels. The idea of the shattered vessels are what are going to be woven back together as bodies and physicality. Those are the shattered vessels. And that's relative to every world because, not to get too complicated, but in only in the very lowest world of Asiya do the vessels become what we understand as physicality. But in higher worlds, you have vessels that also break in the beginning and they are woven together as the idea and the concept of a body on their level, but they're total light compared to us. It's That's a whole topic, but suffice to say, the idea of the shattered vessels is the idea of the shattered containers, which in our lowest world expresses physicality. So we have light, which is remains totally pure and just flies up and away. On the other hand, on the other extreme, we have the idea of vessels, which is the concept of the body or physicality. And in the middle, we have the sparks, which are potential garments, potential portals for the souls to re-enclothe in and express ultimately back in their substance that they're paired with. But we have to make the connection. The human being has to plug everything back in. Okay, we'll skip a little bit. Okay, fine. No, let's skip a little bit. Now, very nice. Here's another fascinatingly important point. It's just skipping a few lines down. There's a there's a there's a mainstream phrase in Midrashic literature which is called the Haluka de Rabbanan, the rabbinic cloak means that the rabbis gave us these mitzvot, they they clarified what the what what were our requirements, what is our responsibility in this world. It means they gave us the ability to create our own cloak, our own garment. Through all the mitzvot that we do, what we're doing is we're just weaving our portal between our body and our soul. We are every day updating the portal between our body and our soul, opening that portal more and more, improving it, deepening it, so that more, hopefully more and more every day, more and more levels of the depth of our soul pour more and more into our world and into our body specifically. And in the action of opening that portal and, de- and deepening it and improving it every day more and more through another mitzvah and another mitzvah, how? By engaging with those fallen sparks and that when engaging with that spark, by using the energy of that spark to learn Torah and speak out Torah, we add another stitch to our garment, we open up that portal more and more, we deepen it and improve it more and more. And even when we pass away, that garment that we created through all our mitzvahs, by opening up that portal more and more, the, the effort of opening up that portal, that portal, that garment, stays with us. And, and we, we bring it up. This is, the, this is another extremely fascinating idea. We bring that portal, that garment that we created in our life through all our effort, to be the very device by which we peer back into the, the deepest depths of heaven. So this is very, very amazing because in this world, we are creating a garment or, a, or opening a portal to draw our soul from high up high down below to make this world a better place. 
to draw Torah insight down into where we are in the physical world. But then when we pass away and go back up, we look through that same garment the other direction mainly. Now, we probably do look through that garment. Uh, you know, we all should do more meditation. But we probably do look through that garment, even in this world, back up towards Hashem when we pray and when we meditate and, and, and things like this. But the fact, suffice to say, when we pass away, we get the greatest consciousness to appear back into Hashem's, the source of Hashem's light through the very portal that we opened in all our effort in this world. And says the Leshem, quoting all the Kumukubalim, Without constructing this garment, it's impossible for the soul to go back up and to enjoy perceptions of Hashem. This, this requires a lot of elaboration because it's critical to understand. Because this goes to the heart of why, why does Hashem care about a mitzvot? What, what does it do for him? Who cares? And it's not, of course, in his essence, in God's essential light, which is absolutely perfect, he needs nothing from us. Says the Mishnah that the mitzvot were only given to be letzarif habriyot, to improve, that the creation should improve themselves. Which means, we do the mitzvot, as it says, schar mitzvot Baha'i amaleka. The reward for a mitzvah is not really in this world. Because the mitzvot and the Torah that we learn is mainly involved in constructing this garment, this portal, that will be our portal forever to understand the Creator. Which means... The Creator is so vast, and, and, and He is obviously infinite, that this world is an opportunity for us to construct the, the, the portals and the vessels of perception that we will eventually use to understand Him for eternity. That's the point of the mitzvah. It means that when we do good in this world, and we do kindness, and we give charity, and we learn wisdom and we raise a family and we become godlike and we construct our portal between our soul and this world and we cause godly we cause godliness to flow into this world through the portal that we choose to create through our own free will and effort that means we get to, we come to understand and know Hashem if we understand Hashem as our father If we understand Hashem is our Father and our Creator, and He's the one who sustains us, and He's the one who builds us, and and we sustain others and build others, and He's the one who He's the one with the wisdom, and He's the one who knows everything, and we do our part to try to know what He knows in this world. All of those efforts to try to match ourselves to Him and be like Him. And, and, and get to know him by being like him in this world that's exactly how the sum total of all those efforts is exactly how we're going to turn back around and fully appreciate and understand him when we pass away so if we waste our life and fritter away our life on, on nothingness it's not a good thing it's a wasted opportunity yeah. Okay. 
Shamrasham al Ela Lavushim Shem al Salamin Dan Ran, Vaho Tselam Ishtatfu Yomi the Varnash, Vatalim Bey, Valzen and Marbatilim, Akhbatalim Italichish. That's the beautiful meaning of what it says in Psalms chapter 39 that in the Tselam, people translate it on a surface level, but a man walks in the shadow. But really what it means is that a man walks in his image, which means two things. It means that the image, the portal, the garment that he's creating between his soul and his body is what he is. He creates a, a tunnel or a pathway or a portal for higher and higher levels and deeper and deeper levels of his soul to walk down, so to speak, and come to rest and express and nestle in his body. That's what he's doing in this world. And then when he passes away, he goes right back the other direction and he walks through that same portal back towards the creator and walks through that image that he created back towards the creator. It's very abstract. The people talk about they have a near-death experience and they almost always experience traveling through a tunnel back towards the light. And I wonder very much if that's what we're talking about, that we're creating that tunnel, that portal, every second of our lives, hopefully, through the efforts that we put forth to learn more about Hashem, to learn more about the Torah, to, to express more kindness, we're creating that portal and opening it and widening it and deepening it. That same portal, that same image is what we walk back towards through towards Hashem when we pass away. <clears throat> and it's because it's in that Selim, it's right? This is the Selim Elohim. This is, this is what we're talking about. It's called in the image of Elohim. That's the famous verse that God, man is created in the image of God. The image is really the portal. That man is literally created, he's manifested through this interface image. That Hashem initially created that image for Adam when he first created Adam. But then man gets to create himself, so to speak, and update himself by improving that image of God more more and more. The image really means like, like a screen. You have an image on a screen. That's literally what we're talking about. Really, the lower levels of realities are just screens. They're just images on a screen. The real reality, just like when you're watching television <clears throat> or you're looking at anything on a screen, it's not the real thing. The real thing is what's being filmed somewhere in, in whatever city it's being filmed. And you're just seeing a representation through a screen or an image. That's exactly what we're talking about. That's what we mean when we say man is created in the image of Elohim means that man is like a, a representation of Hashem. It's not the real thing. And the, the screen or the image, we are directly updating our own image. It's a huge mitzvah to be happy. Many say it's the most important mitzvah and the most difficult mitzvah. But being happy, just putting a smile on your face means that you're changing the image projection. You're opening up a portal and you're putting forth effort to be happy and to be a positive person in this world. <clears throat> that means that you have free choice in how the image comes through. And more than that, every effort you made to be positive instead of negative is has an, a positive, eternal effect on the overall image forever, the overall portal forever. Right. That therefore, through this image, through this portal, a person is created and a person expands and grows, whether physically or mentally, 
or spiritually or emotionally. And in Bo Midkayim, and through that image he is sustained, it is the portal between the soul and the body. And it's the portal that opens up, hopefully, and expands and deepens that more and more depth of the soul pours into the body and into the universe as a whole. Right? The, the image is first drawn forth when he is first woven and embroidered, so to speak, in the conception of a human being. In the conception of the human being, boom, there's the image. There's the tiny little portal between the soul that immediately starts to pour into the embryo through this tiny little opening of a portal. And in that portal... And through that portal, he comes out into the world. Literally through, you know, once the portal is big enough, he, it, it, allow, it helps him get out of his mother's womb, you know, to be born to the world. But, it, but it's really the womb that keeps him coming into the world. It's the, it's the portal. It's the, it's the opening of the curtain between his soul coming ultimately out into the world in his body. And obviously, therefore, through this portal, he's able to be sustained as a soul pouring into a body all his days. Okay, fine. Now, next paragraph, skipping a little bit. Now, this is getting even more amazing. Now, this is getting into the, like, the heart center. This is getting into the deepest depths of Torah itself. That we said that this image, this portal for everyone, is being constantly updated and woven through constant extraction and sifting out of holy sparks. Now listen to this. This is amazing now. What's actually the energy that extracts these sparks and 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 extracts them and, and puts them into these portals between body and soul? These garments that serve as an opening portal between body and soul. So it's that just really understand we're talking about opening this portal and improving this portal it means that the idea is we as human beings are tasked with creating a a deeper more advanced portal between the perfect levels of light and soul which always exists in an internal state to allow them to more and more flow into the world so the world is still is extremely advanced in science and, and intelligence, but we're still waiting to finally evolve spiritually. In many ways, we're still waiting to finally evolve spiritually and morally. But even when we look at it from a scientific perspective, scientific discovery and the accumulation of scientific knowledge, so the portal, scientifically speaking, has been opening up over millennia. And at this point, so much knowledge, the truth of how this physical world can really work. Like, really, there is computing technology. Really, different metals and fiber optics or whatever really can combine together to create computers. <clears throat> there really is DNA. Means that we as a human race have opened up the portal of wisdom and knowledge so much that the truth of what's real is being expressed in our world right now. And it's amazing. That's called opening a portal. And that changes the world. Because as more and more knowledge pours into our into our situation 
that moves us forward and changes the whole world. So ultimately what we're waiting for is for us to finally wake up and get busy doing that on a spiritual level. And that it shouldn't just be, you know, some few hundred thousand righteous sadiqim, but it should be the whole world working on the spiritual knowledge, working on the spiritual updates and improvements. So, but even though we are responsible for, for extracting these sparks and building those portals in a spiritual way, what's actually the energy that does this? In other words, to bring it down, we said that a person raises a spark by conceiving a child or just updating himself by using the energy to draw down a deeper level of, of understanding and realization of the creator, which means that he's opening up more and more of his portal to have deeper and deeper understandings or opening up his portal to have more and more improved emotional intelligence and be a more kind person or more positive person that's also opening up his portal by raising a spark but what actually that's and that's the person's choice but what's actually that which what is actually that which has the power to actually raise up that spark and keep it there in the garment keep it there in the portal that it shouldn't that it, that it should stay as a permanently good effect for humanity etc and that is going to be through the different permutations of Hashem's name that it's like this is that there are four basic letters in Hashem's name and one of them repeats Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey, and there's a double letter there. So we'll stop it there. So Bezid Hashem, just want to add one addendum to this without going any more into the text, but there's a fascinating conclusion to this idea that in the next part, the Leshem is explaining really what is time that we might think that time is just some number that tracks progress moving forward that oh it's just been 12 hours oh it's just been 12 years one 12 years essentially 12 year 12 year units of time or 12 minute units of time there's nothing unique about them just like you might say you know what's one gallon of water versus another gallon of water what's one quart of water or one cup of water versus another cup of water it's just a measurement it's just a gallon it's just a cup it's just a measurement it's just a so too oh it's just a year yeah special things happen in this year versus the other year or special things happen in this moment versus another moment, but simply from the perspective of the pure measurement of the time, eh, it's just another measurement. And the answer is no. That Veleshem brings out, and we feel this deep in our heart, that actually time and 
energies of time, expressions of time, are extremely powerfully unique. A minute is not just some vague, lifeless, abstract number of 60 seconds. A minute, a moment, you know, looking at it as far as I think even Hebrew time does track the 60 minutes, 60 seconds thing, interestingly, in a way. But a minute is not just some abstract 60 seconds, just some just abstract duration with no inner life or character to it. No, a minute is a particular ray of light from the creator's essence. As Elisham is saying, in the highest place there is one great name, Yud Kei Vav Kei. One great name, Hashem. Yud and Hei and Vav and Hei. In the highest world, which is called Adam Kadmon. And that, in that great world, from that one name, there are names and permutations and expressions of energy that branch off and branch off and branch off like from from one great tree that after the whole process of it is that in that space is the root of all moments of time that are unique just as in the, the root source of a tree is containing all the energies from the greatest generality down to the most tiny specificity for the entire build-out of the unique structure of the tree. That's what this world is. And this is the world that's like the reservoir of all unique moments of time. The moment of time that grows one branch of a tree into a certain shape is a different moment in time and a different expression of energy than that which grows a different branch of the tree into a different shape. So a moment of time is really a unit of unique energetic expression. A moment of time is really a unit of unique energetic expression. They aren't just abstract moments. So one particular moment, one particular minute in the afternoon in 1952 has a completely different shape and character and meaning and purpose than a different minute in the evening in 1999 because the whole world is growing like one great tree and time is coming from the source of the energetic expression of each developing process in history. And what is it that defines each unit of time, each unique unit of energetic expression? Well, how did the creator decide that this unit of time would be, have this shape, this experience, this expression, this power, versus this unique unit of time would have this unique expression and power and ability that most fascinatingly is defined by 
the lowest levels. It is defined by the lowest levels that need to be developed, which are those sparks, those portals that need to be opened. This means that the creator at the very, very beginning designed all the units of time, all these unique units of energetic expression that time itself is what's going to build the world. We don't just say that time passively moves, time passively passes on. Oh, and another minute passed and we're just tracking that the time passed. It's the other way. Time is actually the masculine force. When I say masculine, I mean initiating. Time is the initiating masculine force that actually pushes the world forward. It's not that the world is moving forward and we just passively track time saying, oh, well, another minute went by. The minute itself causes the world to move. And this is very explicit in many writings. Time is actually the, the, the source of power. Time is what pushes space forward, really. That's what time actually is. Because, that's because time isn't just some... It's because each moment is unique, therefore each moment is actually the unique energy source of power to push space forward in a certain way, in a certain shape. The way I see it in my mind is you have a hand pushing itself into a glove. But this glove is extremely thick and deep. And it takes 6,000 years for the hand to fully push itself in and finally fit into the glove. The hand is like time and the glove is like space. The glove is like the feminine space that receives the masculine power of the hand of time. And each push and prod that the hand pushes into the glove to finally fully fit in and match and totally lock into the glove, there are 6,000 years worth of effort to do that. And each unit of time is really a unique unit of expression of the attempt and of the hand to push its energy more into the glove. That's the relationship of time and space. So, the creator, at the very, very beginning of the whole process, already cooked up and thought up and, and designed all the moves that the hands of time would have to make to finally fit into that glove. But here's the real punchline. Here's the real conclusion and amazing idea. The, 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 the course and the pathway and the trajectory that that project would take, that project of time molding space, was thought up by the creator to match exactly the needs of the glove, the needs of space, the needs of that which needed to be lifted up. Which means that we were talking about each person individually and humanity collectively has been in tasked to be in charge of opening their own portal, connecting the body to the upper soul, connecting space to time, connecting the under the undeveloped space and the developing space to hook it up to the perfect energy units of time. The time should flow through that portal and perfect space. 
And the deep understanding is that time in its perfect form in that world of Adam Kadmon was already thought up by the creator to contain all unique moments that would be necessary to open up these portals in the unique ways that they needed to be opened up minute by minute. Which, to make it, try to make it a more simple way of saying it, we again picture the tree. We picture the tree growing and we picture that the life force and energy that moves up into it from its roots makes it grow. And we picture that at each unique moment of growth, the tree needs a different shape and expression and intensity of energy than it needs at a different moment. It needs a different package of energy to grow at stage 52 than it needs to grow at stage 99. And what we're saying is, is that the energy that grows the tree and enlivens the tree is already packaged to fit to those different needs at those different stages. So the root of time itself, the root of the highest energy at the highest level of the chain of what's going to develop the universe is already planned and already prepared to express itself according to the exact needs of what needs to be developed and opened up at any given stage, which really means that the, the plan, the universal plan, the plan of the unfolding of time and space is already etched into the very fabric of reality, both from the masculine perspective of time which pushes everything forward, as well as the feminine perspective of space, which receives the energies of those developments <clears throat> and grows. Means that, as Pierre Kiavut says, that there's a net spread out over a living. That a kol tzafui, for a shoot natuna. Everything is foreseen, yet free will is given. Everything is foreseen means that time is already prepared in its shape and its trajectory. Time being that which actually pushes things forward. How is it shaped in its trajectory from the beginning? It's shaped to perfectly match all that would need to be developed in these opening of these portals by raising the sparks, which is also foreseen. Like, we can't avoid... Like, we don't grow... We don't age backwards, like in some movies. We... We must go from age zero to, God willing, up to age 120. We can't go in any other direction. We can't skip moments. And we can't change the shape of trajectory of time. Everything grows from an infancy to a full maturity. And it can only go one direction. And that's because those are the basic contours of reality. And in every specific way that things would develop, that was already etched in and created and, and drawn and computed, so to speak, by the Creator. That's everything is foreseen. But where there is free will, where there is reshut, is how do I want to open up the gateway, the portal, the spigot, 
to cause those moments of time to enter into my vessel, to enter into my, into my space? How much am I going to open my heart? As we're always saying, Rahman Ali Babai, Hashem wants the heart. Hashem asks us to open our heart as much as possible in joy and positivity and giving. The more we open our heart to give, to be positive, to help, the more that those moments of time rush in in a proper intended way to meet the space that they were always destined to develop and to do it in a pleasant, good way. As the verse is saying, her ways are ways of peace and all her path. Her, her, her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her pathways are peace. And the Zohar is basically explaining these pathways and, the, and, these, and these 